Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the BC Wildfire Update. I would now like to turn it over to Kevin Skrepnik, Chief Wildfire Information Officer, BC Wildfire Service. Please go ahead. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Kevin Skrepnik, uh, Chief Fire Information Officer with the BC Wildfire Service, uh, speaking to you today from uh, the Provincial Wildfire Coordination Centre in Kamloops. We've got a, a number of speakers today, so uh, I'll be providing a, a brief update on the current wildfire situation, followed by Robert Turner, Assistant Deputy Minister for Emergency Management BC, Maya Lang, Vice President of Global Marketing with Destination British Columbia, Jeff Leahy, Thompson Caribou Regional Director for BC Parks, Norm Parks, Executive Director for Highway Operations with Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure, as well as Staff Sergeant Annie Linteau from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Uh, also on the line to answer any questions are Major Jeff Allen from the Canadian Armed Forces and Dr. Sarah Henderson, Senior Scientist with Environmental Health Services at the BC Centre for Disease Control. In terms of the current wildfire situation, uh, today we have 150 wildfires burning across the province. That includes 20 new fires yesterday. Most of the new fires yesterday were the result of uh, a lightning activity, uh, particularly in the southeast uh, part of the province in the Kootenays. Happy report, no major new fires as a result uh, of that activity. I think that speaks to the, uh, the quick response by our crews, uh, both in the air and on the ground. Uh, since April 1st, we've responded to 942 fires across the province that have burned an estimated 613,000 hectares of land. Cost to date for the BC Wildfire Service currently estimated at $254 million. As they have been uh, over the last uh, more than a month, we are focusing our efforts right now on public safety as well as the safety of our own staff and ensuring that we're trying to uh, keep all highway routes open should there be a need for uh, further evacuations. There's currently over 3,600 staff working under the BC Wildfire Service. That includes uh, firefighters as well as our support staff, over 600 people from out of province, as well as over 1,400 contractors uh, from the BC forest industry. Currently, 227 aircraft supporting our ground crews uh, across the province right now. In terms of weather, and I know there's uh, certainly been some news around this, uh, you know, we are expecting a, a bit of a shift uh, by this weekend. Uh, from now to Thursday, continued sunny and hot conditions, extensive smoke remains lingering throughout the southern part of the province. Fortunately, there is a, a risk of lightning uh, across uh, most of southern BC over the next few days. Um, it is a small risk. Uh, the more focused areas of concern are, are in the southeast and uh, northeast parts of the province. Thankfully, winds are expected to remain generally light, uh, although there certainly will be some gustiness around any, uh, any thunder showers. Friday is when we start to see a bit of a shift. Um, we are going to see a switch to inflow winds, uh, which should reduce some of the smoke concerns in parts of the province. We're generally seeing the ridge of high pressure that we've been under for the last few weeks is going to start to move east, um, so windier, probably a drop in temperatures. There is potential for rain to start in there, but more so on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, though, with this shift, we are likely going to see some fairly widespread uh, thunder showers. Now, in terms of way where they are going to be happening, um, how much rain is going to come with them, how much lightning is going to come with those thunder showers. Uh, unclear at this point, but certainly some unstable weather starting on Friday. Saturday, we expect the rain to start settling in, particularly on the coast, with some scattered, isolated showers throughout the interior of the province. How much rain is going to fall with that system, how long it's going to linger for, uh, and, and what kind of effect it has on, on our wildfires in that area 
very much to be determined at this point. Uh, rain is a, is a real wild card to try and forecast uh, this far out. So we're certainly going to keep a close eye on it. Um, unfortunately, with this rain, as I mentioned before, we are going to see that unstable weather, locally gusty winds, possibly lightning. So uh, whether uh, it's a, you know, a help or a hindrance remains to be seen. Uh, certainly, though, getting some rain on these fires would be welcome. Uh, but if we're getting this unstable weather with it, uh, it might uh, be a bit of a mixed blessing. Sunday and onward, uh, generally cooler temperatures, uh, again, throughout the southern part of the province. Um, again, potential for showers, but with those showers, uh, likely thunderstorms with some gusty winds. Um, there are certainly, it looks like some areas are not going to be getting this rain. It is going to be a scattered pattern, and, and again, this far out, it's hard to know where that's going to be. So uh, in general, you know, it's looking like uh, this shift is happening, uh, this high-pressure system is moving on. Broadly speaking, that is a good thing, but, uh, you know, we need to see what effect it's going to have first. And in some cases, as I said, uh, the, the instability of the weather could uh, be more of a challenge uh, than a help. Quick update on the Elephant Hill fire, uh, now estimated at 117,000 hectares in size, remaining 30% contained. Uh, again, continued aggressive fire behavior, uh, still hot and dry conditions in that area. Uh, on site today, 462 firefighters, uh, an incident management team, 89 structural protection personnel, 86 support staff, 27 helicopters, and 105 pieces of heavy equipment. Uh, again, you know, as I said, throughout the rest of this week, we are expecting until until Friday, at least I should say, uh, ongoing hot and dry conditions, uh, ongoing smoky conditions. So we just remind everyone to remain vigilant, uh, respect the fact that we do have open burning prohibitions in place. That is including a campfire ban for almost all of the province, uh, and of course we do also have that off-road vehicle ban in place. Uh, generally, any activity that could potentially spark a wildfire, you know, we want people to be exceptionally cautious about. Um, when we see this increase in lightning-caused fires, um, it really just uh, further emphasizes the fact that every human-caused fire is a preventable fire, uh, and every human-caused wildfire that uh, we have to respond to is diverting critical resources away from, from any naturally occurring, you know, lightning-caused incidents. So again, you know, we do ask people uh, to report to STAR 5555 or 1-800-663-5555 if they do spot a wildfire or anyone uh, breaking those open-burning uh, prohibitions. And again, a reminder, uh, I mentioned before, the off-road vehicle restriction remains in place for recreational use of off-road vehicles on Crown land in the Caribou, Kamloops, and Southeast fire centers. Um, that applies to off-road vehicles as well as the off-road use of any, uh, any on-highway vehicles. We're continuously monitoring conditions out there to see if we need to expand or uh, tighten up some of these restrictions uh, as warranted, and we're going to remain looking at that into the days ahead uh, to see what's going to be required. Uh, that concludes my update from the BC Wildfire Service, so I will pass it over at this point to Robert Turner, Assistant Deputy Minister for Emergency Management, BC. Uh, we've talked a number of times about the outstanding support that emergency social services groups are providing across communities in British Columbia, particularly but not limited to Prince George and Kamloops, and that work continues, um, amazing job being done by volunteers in, in those communities. Also wanted to highlight some of the assistance that's been provided by the Canadian Red Cross. Their private appeal has now raised just over $13 million from private donors, and we appreciate the support that citizens across the country are, are providing for affected communities in British Columbia. And some of the items that have been delivered to sites by the Red Cross includes 
1,531 cots, over 3,100 blankets, over 11,000 hygiene kits, 1,500 pillows, almost 11,000 cleanup kits, and almost 12,000 after-the-fire kits. So a lot of support being provided by different actors uh, to affected communities and affected households. We have a Destination BC representative on the line today speaking to impacts the emergency had on the tourism sector, but I'd like to just first speak to a program developed by Prepared BC. This is a program within Emergency Management BC meant to increase public awareness and education around preparedness. The Prepared BC Guide for Tourism Operators takes operators through the steps that help ensure their operation responds effectively, recovers quickly, and keeps guests safe in an emergency event. Each step offers tips and actions operators should take in order to be prepared. And the first is that you need to know the risks specific to your region. That may be wildfires, that may be seismic or flooding or others. And you must make a plan. The guide offers questions operators should consider, such as what are your operation's core needs, what systems, materials, and equipment are absolutely necessary for ongoing operations. It also outlines specific actions to take, for example, creating key contact lists and knowing how you will get and share information. It's also important to know how to prepare your property. The guide provides information on what to include in your emergency supplies kit and provides tips like ensuring you protect critical paperwork. And finally, it's important to practice your plan. The Prepared BC Guide for Tourism Operators can be found online at the Prepared BC website and will be today added to the bcwildfire.ca. That's all I've got for today, Kevin. Thanks. Thank you, Robert. <clears throat> uh, this is Maya Lang from Destination British Columbia. And on behalf of the BC's tourism industry, we'd like to express our appreciation for our emergency responders. They're doing an incredible job. Our thoughts are with all of those who are impacted, and our first priority is to ensure that people are safe and know where to find the information. We'd like to also thank the British Columbians and the various tourism businesses who have taken in evacuated visitors and those who have offered support to those that are displaced. As you know, the BC Wildfire Service is urging members of the public to stay away from any active wildfires and, of course, to give room crews the room to work. We encourage all visitors to check out a map of BC's current wildfires on the BC Government Wildfire website and driving route restrictions on drivebc.com and to adapt their plans as necessary. Safety is our top priority and we are encouraging in-province visitors and those with upcoming travel plans to check our website for various travel planning and emergency resources available on hellobc.com. We also want to make sure that tourism operators outside of the impacted zones do not suffer due to a lack of understanding as to where the fires are or, that, or an assumption that is too dangerous to travel in BC. Tourism in BC is an important economic driver in this province, and unfortunately some of our regions and communities that may be hundreds of kilometers away from the impacted areas have reported cancellations from folks across Canada, the US, and overseas because of the information that they're receiving leads them to believe that BC is burning. This affects tourism businesses and can result in having to lay off employees in the sector. We want to assure people they can travel safely in BC. Destination BC has been working very closely with tourism businesses, associations, and the travel trade around British Columbia across the country and overseas to provide accurate and up-to-date information so travelers can make informed decisions. It is important that we mobilize our tourism regions and communities, our businesses, and our visitor centers to help visitors know before you go. There are emergency planning guides on Destination BC's corporate website for tourism businesses to keep themselves, their staff, and their guests safe. The website is destinationbc.ca. Destination BC's 
consumer marketing efforts are continuing to promote the entire province, adapting to the needs of each region and community by placing focus on areas that are not currently impacted by emergencies. And from a recovery perspective, we will ensure that impacted areas receive additional marketing support once it is safe to visit again and capacity has been established. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Maya. Uh, and now we'll have an update from Jeff Leahy, Thompson Caribou Regional Director for BC Parks. Good afternoon. Um, so an update from BC Parks. So uh, due to the serious nature of the current wildfire situation, uh, BC Parks, in coordination with the BC Wildfire Service, has closed numerous parks to protect public safety. Most of those, um, most of those backcountry parks are are in the Caribou uh, Fire Centre area. So some of the um, criteria that we look at when we are um, closing BC parks and reopening them are um, things such as the provincial and local state of emergencies, evacuation alerts or orders that are in place, fire danger ratings, uh, location and status of existing wildfires, uh, obviously weather conditions and forecasts, access routes is, is also um, considered, um, the ability to track and monitor park visitors so we know how many and where people are located in the backcountry, and uh, most importantly is definitely the recommendations from the fire center manager. So there's not really any one trigger um, point, but all factors are taken into uh, consideration when closing or reopening parks. Um, limiting backcountry or remote um, area access uh, ensures first responders will be able to safely evacuate hikers, allow wildfire service to focus firefighting efforts on interface fires and reduces the risk to response personnel. You know, we understand the impact to businesses that rely on the backcountry um, parks and, um, and access for the, their livelihood. So any decision to, to um, close a park has not been taken lightly and is made based on the threat we are currently facing as a province. Uh, given the extreme fire risk in British Columbia, it is our assessment that reopening backcountry parks at this time could potentially endanger people, response personnel and property. Um, additional staff would also be required to monitor these backcountry parks, and those resources are more urgently needed elsewhere. So the situation is, is definitely monitored on, uh, on a daily basis. <coughs> we are working with the Wildfire Centre definitely on, on the changing conditions um, and any, any um, new information that comes available to uh, help us make these decisions. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, next, we will have uh, Norm Parks, Executive Director of Highway Operations with the Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, not much of a change from yesterday's update. We still have uh, two highways closed and four others that have smoke advisories posted. Uh, to go through those, Highway 97 is closed between Highway 24, south of 100 Mile, and Highway 99, north of Cache Creek. The suggested detour is Highway 24 wow. and 5 via Little Fort. On that corridor, we have put extra CDSE enforcement on to, uh, to ensure good compliance with uh, uh, the trucking community and uh, to make sure that highway stays open. Uh, the other highway closure is Highway 99 between Highway 97 and Marble Canyon Provincial Park. A pilot car is available to lead local traffic through when it is safe. Uh, for this route, the suggested detour is Highway 12 to Lytton and then either Highways 5 and 8 via Merritt or Highway 1 via Cache Creek. In the Kootenays, Highway 93 between Radium Hot Springs and the Alberta border remains open. However, 
Uh, visibility is limited, and Parks Canada, who is responsible for that highway, is recommending travel between 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. Uh, it is open other times, so those are the times when uh, uh, smoky conditions they feel are, li- are, uh, are more favorable. Uh, should conditions deteriorate, deteriorate, the highway may be closed and traffic rerouted uh, via Highway 5 and 1 uh, to Golden. Uh, we also have smoke warnings on Highway 1 on the east part of uh, Glacier National Park. Again, uh, Parks Canada is responsible, and this is between Revelstoke and Golden. Uh, Parks Canada is working very hard to keep the fire away from Highway 1 and has been successful to date, but may close the uh, highway if conditions deteriorate. Uh, the detour for this section is much longer as traffic would have to divert to either Highway 3 or Highway 16. And lastly, we have... Uh, Posted smoke advisories for Highway 9395 south of uh, Canal Flats in the East Kootenays and on Highway 20 in the Chilcotin west of the Fraser River. Motorists who do encounter smoking conditions are advised to turn their headlights on so they can be seen both from behind and in front to slow down and to watch for wildlife and livestock that may be using the highway to escape the fire in the area. Finally, conditions change rapidly. Motorists are advised to check DriveBC or follow the at DriveBC uh, Twitter account before they go. And if they do see a fire during their travels, pull over and use star 555 to connect with the wildfire service. The quicker that uh, wildfire service is notified of new fires, the quicker they can respond and the less likely we are to uh, have to close the highway. Uh, Kevin, that's all I have for today. Great. Thank you, Norm. Uh, and then an update from Staff Sergeant Annie Linto of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Good afternoon. I just have a small update in relation to our investigation into the Elephant Hill wildfire. Um, our investigations uh, has determined that uh, we've eliminated train rain line activities as a possible cause of the wildfire, meaning that it was not caused by train traffic or rail maintenance-related activities on the rail line. So we are continuing our investigation in relation to that fire, and again, a dedicated tip line has been um, created in relation to this, and we invite anyone who has any information about this fire to please contact our tip line at one 685 Thank you. Okay, thank you. So that uh, that does conclude the prepared updates. <clears throat> so we will uh, move over to the uh, question and answer uh, portion at this time. Uh, so available for that will be myself, Robert Turner from Emergency Management BC, Maya Lang from Destination British Columbia, Jeff Leahy from BC Parks, Norm Parks uh, from the Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure, and Staff Sergeant Lynn Toe from the RCMP. Uh, also on the line for questions are Major Jeff Allen, from the Canadian Armed Forces, and Dr. Sarah Henderson uh, from the BC Centre for Disease Control. Uh, so, operator, we can move it over uh, for, to the queue for questions at this point. Okay, thank you. Uh, well, as a reminder, you can press 01 on your telephone keypad to queue up, and if you'd like to remove yourself from the queue, you can press the pound sign. And again, as a, another reminder, if we can please keep it to one question and one follow-up. So again, that's zero one on your telephone keypad. And our first question comes from Elaine Meisner of 250 News. Please go ahead. This question is for Maya. 
Uh, Maya, do you have any idea of the number of drops in, in numbers to visitor centers or uh, some sort of numbers or figures that we can put to this, uh, this impact on tourism? We um, currently we just have anecdotal information. Um, we are collecting information uh, around the province, um, but it's at this point it's just anecdotal. So we have no financial uh, no financial no 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 not not yet. Thank you. Our next question comes from Linda Giftash of the Canadian Press. Please go ahead. Uh, my question is also for Maya. I'm wondering, are you seeing an uptick in other non-fire-affected um, areas in the province, say the lower mainland, uh, with tourists, or are they just not coming to the province at all? Some areas are reporting an increase in, um, in travel and tourism. Um, so we are, again, anecdotally, we're hearing that um, people are traveling to other areas of the province uh, if they are, you know, and, and also um, so far um, the information that we're seeing is that tourism numbers are on track, um, but our uh, data is, is not in real time, so we're sort of monitoring, monitoring it week by week, but it looks like we're on track without major, any major significant impact. So we'll see how things continue to play out. Um, but, uh, but it looks like people are just rerouting. Most of their trips are re being rerouted within the province. Do you have a sense of when you'll have a more accurate picture of what happened? Um, Statistics Canada information, so for overseas or international travel from the U.S. or from, from um, international markets, are typically provided to us about two and a half months after the fact. So we probably won't have an understanding of the full July numbers probably until September or October. All right, thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Mike Hager of the Globe and Mail. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. Um, thanks again for this call. Uh, I'm looking into uh, the demands from ranchers around Clinton for compensation uh, because of a backburn that uh, burned their property and put their livestock in danger. Um, wondering what has uh, the province done for the, these ranchers uh, on Hart Ridge. They said that Wildfire Service did a backburn and uh, the fire actually jumped Highway 97 because of this backburn and it blew a, a transformer. Uh, what is the province doing and, and uh, how much compensation has been given out to ranchers across the province so far? So Kevin here from BC Wildfire. Um, I'm aware, you know, a group of uh, a group of ranchers did put out a, a press release, uh, I believe, over the weekend, um, in terms of uh, some of their concerns. So those folks are we've already reached out to them uh, in terms of kind of laying out what the uh, process is around uh, looking for compensation, uh, you know, for avoidable losses. Um, the Ministry of Agriculture was on the call yesterday and did also uh, indicate they've got uh, $6 million identified right now in terms of funding earmarked specifically uh, for ranchers uh, to uh, address losses as a result of the wildfire activity. That includes for things like fencing, things like that. Um, Wasn't that mostly for fencing, the, the $6 million? I saw yeah. the release for that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not compensation to... 
well, it would be compensation for losses of, of things like that. Um, beyond, in terms of a you know broader provincial compensation, um, yeah, I'm probably not the best person to speak to it. Uh, but uh, like I said, in terms of the specific concerns around around that, uh, you know, uh, plant ignition there on the Elephant Hill fire, uh, we've been in touch with those people. I, I doubt anything's been determined yet in terms of what level of compensation that might be. Uh, if that's the case. Okay. Um- could I maybe talk with you offline? I, I just want some uh, historical figures in terms of uh, how much ranchers have been compensated and, and whether the province has faced any lawsuits for backburns. Yeah, for sure. for sure. Yeah, shoot me an email, and I can. Uh, I certainly don't have it at hand, but we can we can get something for you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Again, as a quick reminder, if anybody would like to queue up, it's 01 on your telephone keypad. Our next question comes from Marcella Bernardo of News 1130. Please go ahead. Hi there. I have a couple of questions, if I could. I'm not sure who can answer this, but um, regarding the tickets that have been issued for people who have violated campfire burns, I understand that it was um, 19 tickets over the long weekend. Do we have any updated numbers as to how many people have been fined, how many fines have been paid, or moving forward, what, what the procedure is for making sure people are, are behaving? Uh, so Kevin here from the Wildfire Service, um, those patrols are, and you know, the fines are, are handled by other organizations, uh, natural resource officers, conservation officer service, um, in some cases the RCMP. I, uh, I haven't seen any updates in terms of, uh, you know, fines and things like that over the long weekend. Um, I know certainly that those patrols were increased, um, given the fact that we were expecting, uh, a lot of folks to be in the backcountry, but, uh, I don't have any, uh, any specific numbers beyond that. All right, I'll check with Chris Doyle on that. And then Maya Lang, could you spell your name for me? And I also have a question for you regarding um, Destination BC and what are you telling your contractors as far as people coming from out of country that are still planning to come to British Columbia that have no idea about road closures, that have no idea where they're going once they pick up a rented vehicle or have plans in the interior and have really um, no idea what to do in order to anticipate what to do as far as the fires are concerned? Okay, so I'll answer your first question, which is my spelling of my name. So Maya Lang, which is M-A-Y-A, and then Lang is L-A-N-G-E. So um, right away um, after, on or around July 10th, after the wildfires um, began, in serious wildfires began, we started reaching out to, um, we have offices in our major markets and overseas, um, and so we reached out to our offices and reached out to the travel trade and tour operators as well as to international media that we have relationships with. Um, and the first thing we had learned sort of right away is that there was a lot of misinformation about um, about where these active wildfires were um, and what, you know, what areas were impacted. So we have spent um, the last month correcting much of that information, uh, making people aware so that they can inform their customers or their readers um, as to, you know, uh, as to the correct information, also where they can find information, so directing them to our international websites um, and, uh, and informing, informing them if their, their travels are impacted. Um, the reaction has been really positive from our overseas media and, and tour operators um, with little to no impact um, to date uh, in terms of any trips that were cancelled. It seems that they're We've both mostly been able to to handle handle those um, those that have already planned a trip. Um, we are directing people to our website, as I said, hellobc.com, as well as to the visitor centers. 
um, so people are able to make changes to if they're already in destination to make to have on the ground help to understand if they need to make any route changes. Um, we've also been in touch with the RV companies that do many of the rentals um, in the province, so that they and, and, and domestically, so that they can inform those overseas customers um, as to you know any route changes that they may need to make themselves. Um, I personally was just on a two-week camping trip around the province and met many international travelers, and I was um, I, I was. Uh, pleased to see that many are very well informed um, and seem to know about the websites and stop in on the visitor centers and so on. So uh, the message is, is coming across. Thank you. Does that, does that answer your question? Yes, thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. And uh, at the moment, our last question in the queue comes from uh, Michel Comte of AFP. Please go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to double check: Are there any people still uh, subject to evacuation orders? And if yes, how many? Last count, I think it was seven thousand. Yeah, our estimate would still be between six and seven thousand people on order. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And that seems to be the last question in the queue. Okay, lovely. So uh, we will uh, wrap it up at that point then. Uh, if there is any follow-up questions for any of the speakers we had on the call, uh, they can be directed uh, to the media line at the Joint Information Center, area code 778-698-7452. Once again, 778-698-7452. Uh, I'd like to thank all the speakers for joining us today. Certainly thank members of the media as well for uh, participating. And uh, we'll be back at the same time tomorrow with another briefing. Thanks again, and have a great afternoon.